1: section three of for love and life volume two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox read by allison for love and life volume two by margaret o oliphant harry harry thornley was anything but content to be left alone at tottenham's he proposed that he should accompany edgar and mr tottenham but the latter personage benevolent as he was had the faculty of saying no and declined his nephew's company then he wandered all about the place looked at the house inspected the dogs strolled about the plantations everything a poor young man could do to abridge the time till luncheon he took phil with him and phil chattered eternally of mr earnshaw "'I wish you wouldn't call him by that objectionable name,' said Harry. "'It's a capital good name,' cried Phil. "'I wish you could see their blazon," in Gwillam. "'Earnshaw says it ain't his family, "'but everybody says he's a great swell in disguise, "'and I feel sure he is.' "'Hallo,' said Harry idly. "'What put that into your head? "'It's all the other way, my fine fellow.' "'I don't know what you mean by the other way. "'His name wasn't always Earnshaw,' said Phil triumphantly. "'They've got about a half a hundred quarterlings, "'real old gentry, not upstarts like us.' that's admirable said harry i suppose that's what you study all the time you are shut up together eh no he don't care for heraldry more's the pity said phil i can't get him to take any interest it's in other ways he's so jolly i say i've made up a coat for us out of my own head Listen, first and fourth an elwand argent second and third three shawls proper but you don't understand no more than earnshaw does i showed it to the mother and she boxed my ears serve you right you little beggar i say Phil, what is there to do in this old place i'm very fond of tottenham's in a general way but i never was here in winter before what are you up to little un there's the hounds on thursday i know but thursday's a long way off what have you got for a fellow to do to-day come up to the gamekeepers and see the puppies said phil it's through the woods all the way "'Earnshaw went with me the other day. "'They're such jolly little mites, "'and if you don't mind luncheon very much, "'we can take a long stretch on to the pond at Hampton "'and see how it looks. "'It's shallower than our pond here.' "'I don't care for a muddy walk, thanks,' said Harry, "'contemplating his boots. "'And I do mind luncheon. "'Come along. "'I'll teach you billiards, Phil. "'I suppose there's a billiard-table somewhere about.' "'Teach me!' cried Phil, with a great many notes of admiration. "'Why, I can beat Earnshaw all to sticks.' if you mention his name again for an hour i'll punch your head cried harry and strolled off dreamily to the billiard-room Phil following with critical looks the boy liked his cousin but at the same time he liked to have his say and did not choose to be snubbed what a thing it is to have nothing to do he said sententiously how often do you yawn of a morning harry we're not allowed to do that Earnshaw you little beggar didn't i promise to punch your head cried harry and they had an amiable struggle at the door of the billiard room by which phil's satirical tendencies were checked for the moment ain't you strong just phil said after this trial with additional respect but notwithstanding the attractions of the billiard table harry yawning stalked into luncheon with an agreeable sense of variety when you have nothing else to do eat he said displaying his wisdom in turn for the edification of phil that's a great idea i learned it at oxford where it's very useful and not very much else Acknowledged harry said lady mary well as much as i was wanted to learn you are very hard upon a fellow aunt mary john i allow was intended to do some good but me no one expected anything from me and why should a fellow bother his brains when he hasn't got any and doesn't care and nobody cares for him that's what i call unreasonable i suppose you'll keep poor phil at high pressure till something happens it ain't right to work the brain too much at his age what about john said lady mary he has gone back to oxford and is working in earnest now isn't he your mother told me poor dear old mother she's so easy taken in it's a shame yes he's up at old christchurch sure enough but as for work when a thing ain't in a fellow you can't get it out of him said harry oracularly i don't say that that isn't rather hard upon the old folks you are a saucy boy to talk about old folks well they ain't young said harry calmly poor old souls i'm often sorry for them we haven't turned out as they expected neither me nor the rest ada an old maid and Gussie, a sister which is another name for an old maid and jack ploughed and me well i'm about the best if you look at it dispassionately by the way no little mary's the best there is one that has done her duty but granton has a devil of a temper though they don't know it on the whole i think the people who have no children are the best off upon what facts may that wise conclusion rest said lady mary i have just given you a lot of facts me jack ada Gussie, and you may add helena five failures against one success if that ain't enough to make life miserable i don't know what is i am very sorry for the governor my mother takes it easier on the whole though she makes a deal more fuss but it's deuced hard upon him poor old man the thornleys don't make such a figure in the county now as they did in his days for it stands to reason that eight children with debts to pay etc takes a good deal out of the spending money and of course the old maids of the family must come upon the estate when you see the real state of the case so plainly said lady mary and express yourself so sensibly don't you think you might do something to mend matters and make your poor father a little happier ah that's different said harry i've turned over so many new leaves i don't believe in them now besides a fellow gets into a groove and what is he to do phil if you have finished your lunch you and molly may run away and amuse yourselves said lady mary feeling that here was an opportunity for moral influence the two children withdrew whether unwillingly for like all other children they were fond of personal discussions and liked to hear the end of everything harry laughed as they went away you want to keep phil out of hearing of my bad example he said and you are going to persuade me to be good aunt mary i know all you're going to say don't you know i've had it all said to me a hundred times don't bother yourself to go over the old ground "'May I have the honour of attending your ladyship anywhere this afternoon? "'Or won't you have me any more than Mr. Tottenham?' "'Oh, Harry, you're a sad boy,' said Lady Mary, shaking her head. "'She had thought, perhaps, that she might have put his duty more clearly before him "'than any previous monitor had been able to do, "'for we all have confidence in our own special powers in this way. "'But she gave up judiciously when she saw how her overture was received. "'I am going to the village,' she said, "'to call upon those new people, Mr. Earnshaw's cousins.' "'Oh, the beauty!' cried Harry with animation. "'Come along. "'Sly fellow to bring her here, "'where he'll always be on the spot.' "'Ah, uh, that was my first idea, "'but he knew nothing of it, "'to tell the truth,' said Lady Mary. "'I wish it were so. "'I should be a good deal easier in my mind, "'and so would your mother, "'if I could believe he was thinking seriously of any one "'in his own rank of life. "'Why, I thought you were a Democrat "'and cared nothing for rank. "'I thought you were of the opinion "'that all men are equal, "'not to speak of women.' don't talk nonsense harry an abstract belief one way or another has nothing to do with one's family arrangements i like mr earnshaw very much he is more than my equal for he is an educated man and knows much more than i do which is my standard of position but still at the same time i should not like him in his present circumstances to enter my family though a few years ago we should all have been very glad of him said harry oh i agree with you entirely aunt mary if gussie is such a fool she must be stopped that's all i'd have no hesitation in locking her up upon bread and water rather than stand any nonsense i'd have done the same by helena if i'd had my way how odd said lady mary veering round instantly and somewhat abashed to find herself thus supported and yet you are young and might be supposed to have some sort of sympathy not a bit cried harry i don't mind nonsense but as soon as it gets serious i'm serious too this fellow whom you call earnshaw has any notions of that kind i'll show him the difference oh yes i like him but you may like a fellow well enough and not give him your sister besides what made him such a fool as to give up everything he might have fought it out harry you are very worldly you do not understand generous sentiments no i don't said harry stoutly what's the good of generous sentiments if all that they bring you to is tutorizing in a private family i'd rather put my generous sentiments in my pocket and keep my independence hello here's your pony carriage shall you drive or shall i Lady Mary was crushed by her nephew's straightforward worldliness. Had she been perfectly genuine in her own generosity, I have no doubt she would have metaphorically flown at his throat. But she was subdued by the consciousness that, much as she liked Edgar, any sort of man with a good position and secure income would appear to her a preferable husband for Gussie. This sense of weakness cowed her. For Harry, though he was stupid intellectually, was with the lucky landsluts you can get lucky just about anywhere.